All right, everybody, welcome back. Or maybe it's your first time to Ready or Not. Either way, today, the danger of idolatry. Let's get into it. All right, guys, we are back in the studio. Got the uh, famous Joseph Rodeheaver and Miss Lindsay Trujillo. Hey, guys. Yeah, that's good. Very good. Very good. What nationality are you? I am Mexican and like a whole bunch of like European, German, Polish, blah, blah. All right. Cool. And your day has been fill in the blank. My day has been great. Great. Joe. Uh, Awesome. Awesome. I don't know what this is. (laughs) (laughs) Your day has been what, David? Wonderfully interesting. Ooh. Well, I'd like, well, I want to find like out why, us. but we'll, we'll have to do that another <laughs> yeah. time, I'm guessing. Hey. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but today, uh, getting into a topic that is often maybe mentioned, but not discussed a whole lot. And that is the whole idea of idolatry, especially living in the time that we do, right? It may not be clearly understood. Um, a lot of times people will say like, oh, I have this idol in my life. And I'm like, what is, do you even know what that means? Like, <laughs> I got this little doll I carry in my purse and yeah. <laughs> I don't have a person. <laughs> but, so just <laughs> spending some time, hopefully it's a lively day, uh, looking at, you know, what is idolatry? Uh, how do you identify it in your life if it, if it is there? And then what do you do with it? If you wake up and there's this little statue in your life that needs to be torn down, uh, what do you do? So, I don't know. Like a real statue in your life. Yeah. There's a statue. You wake you up and there's a statue you... over there. <laughs> oh, man. What's a statue doing over me? Uh, I got to tear that thing down. You never, <laughs> never know. Figuratively. But, well, and it, it was funny you say that, but even in all reality, you know, we laugh because we come from our, everyone comes from their own background. But it's not completely uncommon to meet people who are from some kind of pagan worship system and their aunt or their grandmother has this creepy looking thing in their house. And it turns out it is a full blown idol of demonic proportions. Um, Now that's not necessarily what we're talking about today, uh, though we probably could, Um, but more the, the unseen idols of our lives. Mm. Well, what does that look like? What's an unseen idol of our lives, <laughs> Lindsay? Unseen idol. Um, it doesn't have to be material, but it could be. But um, I think it's not something necessarily a statue, but it could be um, something you hold more highly than the Lord. You know, whether it's hey, I have this idea of what my life wants or should look like, the status or your phone. <laughs> you know, like could be oh, anything really. Uh, Went there. So, <laughs> we should we should stay there for a while, but um, yeah, that's good. So idols, right? If you go way back, like Old Testament, rewind time, idols were statues of any size and shape. Uh, it didn't really matter, but it wasn't just this granite or this limestone or a stick or gold image. That image represented something. And so it wasn't just bad because like, oh, you carved a stick into a, a goddess or you carved a stone to look like some deity. It's everything you believed about that image. And people would shape their lives, how they handled their families, how they ran their businesses, what they even believed about the rain. <laughs> like uh, everything in their life was shaped by 
the belief system of that idol. And in our lives now, maybe other than phones, there aren't a lot of tangible idols necessarily. Maybe there are. But things that we attribute way too much influence to is, for today's conversation, an idol. When that system of belief or you believe in that thing to bring answers to your problems, you believe that thing would solve any difficulties, would bring relief, uh, that has become an idol. You are looking to it for fulfillment. You are looking to it for direction. You are looking to it for guidance. It is now an, an image, even if it's in your own mind, uh, Lindsay, you touched on it in a different podcast, how marriage can even be this idol. Like, well, if I achieve that, then everything else will fall in place in my life. It's like, that's idolatry thinking. It's it's wrong. Yeah, it's it's kind of, to, to kind of agree with what you're saying, it's what you're putting your your faith in, your trust in, and, and not necessarily like, it's not even, might not even be consciously doing it, right? It's it's this, but what are you putting your trust in? What are you putting your hope in? Yep. Right? And these these different things, whether actual things or, or relationships or the pursuit of something or hobbies or whatever it is, is taking the place of you putting your faith and trust and hope in God. Yep. And it's, it's, it goes back to the the old Testament commandment, right? (laughs) Do not have any other gods before me. So when we talk about idols at the moment, it's what you are, yeah, what you're trusting in, what you are believing will bring hope, answers, direction, guidance, all this kind of stuff. Um, and if you could simply attain it, right? If you could reach this place of absolute perfection, yep. according to this system, everything you'd ever want would come to pass. Uh, there's the idolatry of education. If I, I just get enough doctorate degrees, <laughs> my life will be figured out. Uh, it's the the dollar indicator. Like, once my bank account hits X amount of money, then I won't have stress and worry anymore. Like, yeah, you'll, you'll stress and worry about your investments that got you all the money. Like, yep. um, again, relationships. So, well, how do you, so we, we listed off a couple of those yep. things, right? Um, I don't think any of us are sitting there intentionally trying to worship those things or to make those idols in our lives. Yeah. But so how do we identify those things in our lives? Well, good question. Um, I, I think that we are, and not to get all like mystical, but we are awakened to them by the enlightening of the Holy Spirit and his word Mm. in our lives. God's not going to let something stay in the closet forever. He's going to start tiptoeing around in your heart and your mind and start shining some light on things that just don't belong there. Uh, I think about Gideon a lot. If you haven't read the story of Gideon in a while, go read it. It's in the book of Judges. And Gideon has this great call placed upon his life, but first he needs to deal with this idol at home. But it's not his idol. It's his dad's idol. And he has to tear down this altar, and it's a physical, it's a statue, and the whole city gets riled up about it. I mean, this is a big deal. But it wasn't a big deal until the Lord showed him it was a big deal. And I think there are things that are just in our lives that we're kind of familiar with and going along with because everyone else is just like Gideon's town. But the Lord's like, okay, it's time to start taking these down now. Um, And so identifying it, uh, I guess a good thing to do in your stillness before the Lord, start asking the Lord, what are things that I have some level of hope in? Uh, If I achieve and I get this, 
whatever it is. And I believe that that's going to bring peace to my soul. It's going to bring satisfaction and meaning to my life. It very well may be an idol. Yep. Have there been things, Lindsay, in your life that the Lord has shown you directly? Like, hey, you, like it kind of almost hits you out of nowhere. Like, this is an idol in your life. And I, I guess you don't have to tell me what that is, but I mean. Yeah, it's okay. I did talk about it on a previous podcast. He did. It was, it was sort of like an awakening moment. Just me and the Lord, he showed me, hey, this thing is above me in your life, and that's not how it should be. And I was completely convicted, and but thankful for the conviction so that I could edit and put the Lord first again. And he showed me how to do that. Um, and I think just at, because we're human and we are not perfect, it happens little bits here and there with certain things, whether you notice you're spending too much time doing something or um, thinking about um, something in the future, you know, whatever the circumstance may be. But we, we kind of always have to keep ourselves in check. And I think that the Lord just shows us those things. For me, it's like continually, whether it could be a little thing, I could yeah. start to get to be an idol, like, hey, it's going close. He's so faithful to correct me yeah. and put me back on track. Um, but I think it's a cool thing that I don't know we always take advantage of and that it's just asking the Lord. Some people want to know like, okay, but how do I do this? How The question is like, how do you know what's an idol in your life? Right? Yeah. You know, it's cool because we can simply just go to the Lord and ask yep. and he'll show us because he doesn't want that for our lives. And so we can simply just ask him. And I know over time, right? I'll say this till the day I die. I don't necessarily love getting older physically, but I love getting older in the Lord. You should be collecting wisdom along the way and this really became clear a couple years ago, like, and, I, and I'm shocked. I get idols often in my life. Uh, there are things that consume my mind. Uh, I got where it became really clear. I got into knife making for a while, <laughs> um, and that was a wonderful adventure. And I miss doing it. And I think I'm freeing the Lord to do it again. I just don't have time. Um, but what I what I found out was while doing this hobby that was revolved on an inanimate object. Every spare minute was boom in the garage. Uh, every spare bit of downtime, my mind was thinking about designs and the shapes and the beveling and the tools. And my mind was just any time it had a moment to think was thinking on that hobby. Uh, I could have been doing something else. And not that it has to be this hyper spiritual all the time, but my thoughts of God were far less yeah. than acceptable. Uh, and so I remember for me, the Lord and I, and we can get to this maybe in a minute, but the the resolution was actually very easy, right? It might take a year to build an idol. It takes a day to tear it down. Mm. <laughs> they come down pretty easy. When we used to cycle a ton, I mean, yeah. I think that became this idol of like, well, because health matters. And it does. I think if a, a body that is sedimentary is probably a life that is rather sedimentary. Uh, yeah. Maybe an unfair statement, but I believe it. But it was like, why are we waking up at 4.10 in the morning and riding in 38-degree weather and, like, we're Whoa. done? I mean, it's just nuts. And I loved it, and it was fun, but it was time to come to an end, uh, at least for Well, me. there's there's seasons for everything, and it's not that it's wrong to be passionate about things. There's That's not, right. It's not wrong to be hyper-focused on things at times. But consumed by. But to be consumed by is a whole nother thing. Um and and I think there's times where like yeah if you're at work and you're all, like and you're consumed or focused on the thing at work, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. 
But I think what is a bad thing is if where does God fit into all of this, yeah. right? Because if God is is on a if, if he's on a lower priority list than you know A, B, and C, then you have your priorities messed up, right? If that's your health, if that's your your work, if that's knife making, uh, but even before that, I'm I like for me. I remember playing a ton of video games at like 19, 20, and I had just started kind of growing in the Lord, reading my Bible, spending more time, and and, and kind of the Lord waking me up. I think before that in high school, I was in junior high, pretty brain dead. <laughs> I don't just just living life. Um, but I remember like video games was a big part of my life, and I remember playing this this one game. <laughs> And you could hit like a command, and it would show you how much time you've spent on there. Oh and it, yeah. yeah! And it wasn't it would give it to you in hours, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like whatever three hundred and sixty hours. So it's like, oh, I just wasted like twelve literal days of my life playing a video game that profited me nothing. Yeah, and spent. <laughs> maybe 10 minutes reading my Bible this week, yeah. <laughs> you know, or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't think people should get stuck in that legalistic, like, one for one. Yeah. You spent yeah. an hour reading, your, an hour playing video games, you spent an hour in the Bible. It's like, well, come on, yeah. man. Like, um, But yeah, there's so much truth to that. And even, like, phones came out, uh, Apple came out with screen time on phones yeah. a while yeah. ago. I remember Ooh. when it didn't have that, mm-hmm. and... Well, I you know feel better people, about yourself. Yeah. Well, I know people who turn it off and don't look at it, right? Like it's like it's not easy to find. Yeah. You got to go into yeah. the search and bring it back to life to be faced with how much Instagram time you spent or whatever. Well, I mean, that's a big one, social media too. I mean, and, and thinking about what are you, you know, are you consumed about what people are going to mm-hmm. think or posting all those things? Yep. And it's really like you said, letting like being in a place where the Lord can reveal those things to yeah. you. I mean, the mm-hmm. Lord can reveal them to you whenever and however he wants. Uh, but at the same time, it's as as followers of Christ, like we we should want Him to reveal those things, yeah, <laughs> in our lives. Well, and I don't know about you guys, and Lindsay, you can chime in on this for sure. But as He reveals idols, once you finally surrender it, now the process of surrendering might be painful, difficult, mm-hmm. slow, hopefully quick. The older you get, but there's this like weight that comes off your shoulders. There's this freedom and and lightheartedness like oh i didn't have to carry that mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. or be owned by it yeah yeah i think too it's it's that first initial one probably that you maybe never paid attention to before you know like you've never really given that idol up before in your life maybe or 19 or 20 you're like i've never even thought about this but i do have an idol in your life if you're honest with yourself we can we know the difference between what consumes you and what doesn't yep. so we just kind of have to be honest with ourselves with that um, but i think the more often you are willing to just give those things up if they are consuming you and this comes um, i think the more often and willing you are you come to the lord with it the easier it does get i yeah. think um the first time is probably hard because you want to hold on to it. But hey, if you're at a place where you're holding on to something and you're just like, okay, Lord, I'm done with it, give it up. It is so much better. Well, what does it look like to hold on to something too? Because sometimes we <laughs> we're we can deceive mm-hmm. ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So we might be confronted or might get a little the Lord might prompt us, like, hey, uh, you're spending a little too much time doing this or thinking about this. Yep. 
But when you say holding on to something, Mm -hmm. what does that mean? I think it's like a lot of times, I know for me earlier on, and even still, it's still true. (laughs) Uh, We're like the kid with our hand in the candy jar. You know, we got the chocolate from the cookie still on our our lips. Like, did you eat a cookie? Like, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, dude, I think the Lord sometimes is like, hey, there's this thing. And we're like, but is it really? I mean, it's not. It's not evil. We're not talking about drunkenness yeah. and shooting up drugs, and and it's not that. It's not a bad thing. It's like no, but it is for you. Um, so I know for me, a lot of times that letting go process begins with like recognizing, like, yes, your hand is in the cookie <laughs> jar. Mm-hmm. Okay, like mm-hmm. it's not evil, but there's just clear discernment in the core of who I am, that's like, okay, some something's off here. I may not yeah. know what, mm-hmm. but something's not right anymore. And I think when you come to realize, okay, it is an idol, but I probably should give it up. Holding on is kind of like, it's not that bad. So I'm just going to do it like maybe less. Yeah. And, or <laughs> yeah, think about it maybe true. less rather than fully giving it up, knowing that it's so much better for you. We That's what I mean when, we, when I say hold on to yeah. it. Yeah. I know it's, it's this recognition of justifying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and that's a hard thing to even recognize in itself like but when i start having to justify something in my life like it's not that bad or it doesn't take up that much time or i can cut it back a little bit that's good and uh what i've learned because <laughs> i've done this enough <laughs> and i will continue like uh hey like you're the holy spirit like you're you're justifying it which means you need to let it go. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. But, yeah, but when you say, let, when you finally, to, to your point before, when you finally let it go mm-hmm. and you finally just surrender, mm-hmm. there's this weight oh, yeah. that comes off. You didn't even know you were carrying, at least yep. for me. I yep. didn't even know it became a weight. Yeah. It's like someone putting a rock, you know, little pebbles in your backpack on mm-hmm. a long trip. Like, <laughs> Who put all this in here? Uh, and you're just, you did, but you know. Whatever. But there's a freedom to it, mm-hmm. yeah. right? There's a there, a burden is is let off, mm-hmm. or has come off, right? To your point with the the rocks, and it's it's um, and and then when the next thing kind of comes up, and it's like, hey hello, you're justifying something again. You learn to let it go a little bit easier, I think, yep, because you know. You know, whatever the Lord is doing is better than what you're doing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yep. Um, you know, thinking back to like, how do I identify what it is? I, my mind often goes to like that illusion of fulfillment or gratification. That's an idol in your life. But I think sometimes we don't realize the idols that exist that we currently have. It's not that we want to attain, it's that we already have, like the phone is a great example. How would your life be if that thing was removed? If that thing was removed and it would, my life would be falling apart. I don't know who I would be anymore. Or Mm -hmm. it would dramatically influence who you are as a person for the worse. Like something's very wrong. If you have your phone or you have social media or you have knife making or running or whatever, and it went away and you're like, yeah, I'd miss it. And that'd be a bummer. But I mean... All right, that's fine. It's probably not an idol. If your whole identity is in it and you would be lost without it, you might need to do a serious heart check with the Lord for sure. Uh, even a funny one, I remember years ago, I was really caught off guard and a little bit grieved. Uh, There's a family that was going through 
just wild trials for years and eventually finally came in and sat down for biblical guidance. It's what we call, you know, our version of counseling here. And they said, you know, we waited so long because how could you come in and just admit that you need help? Like, doesn't everyone care about their reputation? I was like, oh my gosh, you missed the whole point of church. Like, we're supposed to do this together? But they had idolized their reputation. Mm -hmm. On the outside, it looked like a family who had it all together, looked like a family who was perfectly loving, looked like a family who was successful, and they were. They weren't evil people. Uh, But they didn't come in for help because they idolized their reputation. Mm -hmm. And so there's so many things it could be. Mm -hmm. But if your reputation was gone, would you still be okay with who you are in the Lord? Because, you know, the way that Christianity is trending, our reputation with current culture may not be super awesome down the road. And that might just need to be okay as long as your relationship with the Lord is right. I just want to throw a word of caution and then I'll let you guys kind of take this wherever you want or or wrap it up. Um, But I know I've met with a handful of people and just conversationally, I don't mean we're having these gnarly sit-down appointments, just conversationally, like popcorn all over the place, just popping. Uh, <laughs> pop, 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 pop. But it's all the same. It's all buttery. It's good. No, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, back on track. Sorry, Joe. Don't hate me. Uh, you know, you brought up that moment. It's okay, like, while you're working to be fully focused on work. Like, yes, that's good. What we're talking about is that downtime that your mind won't get off of stuff. If you're an, an engineer, you're running a tractor and you're like, oh, I need to stop and pray. Like, don't even, man. Like, yeah. keep doing your job. <laughs> like, I'm idolizing my job because I, I think about it while I'm doing it. Like, no, that's called intelligence and you should probably work intelligently. <laughs> and diligence. Yeah. And, yeah, work. So work hard, but your drive home. If you're, if you're thinking about work every minute you're not working, work might be an idol. If you're thinking about work while working, you might just be a good employee. Uh, the one that comes up a lot kind of the other side of the coin of relationships, like you were talking about, Lindsay, is these people who get in a dating relationship and then they're like, I don't know if it's becoming an idol. It's like, you're paranoid and you've been dating for two weeks. Like, (laughs) something's... And it's the same thing, though. Like, are they the only thing you think about? Have you stopped spending time with your other friends? Have you stopped doing your normal stuff and they are now everything in your life? They're probably an idol. But does that mean you cut it off right then and there? It depends. Right? Well, especially relationship-wise, right? <laughs> yeah. now, if, if that other person, if that other person, if you say, hey, I I overstepped and went just all in, and I like you all in, but I can't just abandon my friends. Like, I, I blew it, and I'm, I need to be at home with my mama from time to time. Like, you know, I still have a family. Um, I haven't been as faithful in, in my commitments at church. Like, I need to be be all of who I'm supposed to be. Like, we're not married. <laughs> like, I yeah. don't need to be worried. Yeah. If that person's like, oh, yeah, I totally understand. Like, and that's, man, that should almost make you like them more. Mm-hmm. Um, if they get all wound up and, and heard about it, then you should probably just cut them free and save yourself <laughs> some time. Mm-hmm. But Well, I think there's a, there's a resting in the Lord in that too. Like, the Lord will highlight things in, in your life, and it doesn't mean you necessarily have to cut the, cut it out. Completely. Yep. You know. Yeah. Let's like talk. Cycling. Let's talk about this for a minute. Well. Yeah. Well, in this talking about like, okay, so 
there is an idol in your life, whatever it is, cycling, knife making, relationship, what do you do with it? Yeah. Right? Go ahead. Well, I mean, yeah, right? So cycling. Did you throw your bike in the trash? <laughs> like, like because you were waking up I melted up before... it down and made a cross out of it. <laughs> and, made, <laughs> and made knives out of it because I like knife making. <laughs> no, but it's, it's and there might be. there. It, it, the, the thing is, is, there's no one size fits all on this, right? It's the Lord knows your heart, it's, right? We, the Bible says we cannot even know our own heart. And I was reading in Proverbs today, uh, 23, it, what it says it says, "Hear my son, and be wise, and guide your heart in the way." Yeah, that's and it's awesome. like you. We have to read even, that one again. Sorry, that was <laughs> good. It says, "Hear my son, and be wise, and guide your heart in the way." And it's just like you're you're we're we get ruled by our emotions, and sometimes our emotions tell us to just like go to extremes, right? And so, and that might be the case, but it's really letting the Lord and what's oh man. This, this just hit me. Jesus is the way, <laughs> there you go. the truth, and the yeah. light. So guide it, guide your heart to the Lord because He's the one who only knows it, that yep. truly knows your heart. Um, but I think that's the question, right? Like in a relationship, can you just cut? Like it's consuming me, or like I'm not hanging out with my friends, or I'm like, do you just cut it off? Like I don't know. And how do you how do you know what to do? I guess is the big question, right? I know I have a thought. I don't know, Lindsay. Lindsay, if you want to, well, if go you're like, first, talk, I think talking specifically about relationships, if that's the case, I think it how the other, if you present it to the other person you're dating, how they handle it is a big indicator. You know, if they're on the same page because they might have been doing the same thing you have, or you both consume or by each other, and you realize, okay, the Lord's not first, then and you both agree, take a step back. You know, make sure that God Christ is first, and you're able to just like live lives and be normal human beings without only spending every moment with each other, then great. Like you guys are okay. Just know that you need to set healthy boundaries, yep. I think. Um, but as David was saying, if they're really against that and they only want you to spend time every, every moment with them, run away. <laughs> 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 like I'm out, peace, I mean, see you later. So um, yeah. I know for me, this is like pattern. Most of the time, there's one, there's one exception to this rule for me because once you're married with kids, if they become an idol, you can't just leave them. Right. Like that's, that's right. <laughs> so I've had to deal with that in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Your, your kids are probably uh, happy about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was a, a unique situation that took years to, to walk through. Um, but everything else that wasn't directly connected to me, I've had to fast from that thing. And it's as simple as I'm just going to walk away from knife making for two weeks Give that time to the Lord. I just did this literally nine week, nine ten weeks ago. I put aside all running, cycling, any morning activity. It just was too much. I just needed to be with the Lord. At what I thought was going to be two weeks turned into nine, and now I'm beginning to venture out again because Joe's making me. <laughs> <laughs> but you said <laughs> I know, I know, I, I know. I, just threw Joe into the. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Joe's been like doing this awesome five k plan thing, and then I threw at him a link for a half marathon. And then he got a bunch of guys to sign up, and I haven't signed up yet. So oh, man. I, I, I want to. I just haven't yet. Anyways, um, way sidetracked. Sorry. <laughs> so for me, I've just learned, okay, there's this thing. Just get rid of it for two weeks and draw into the Lord very casually, intentionally. Like get closer to the Lord than normal for just a couple weeks. And at the end of those two weeks, if you've been drawing closer to the Lord than what's normal— Hey, if you can re-engage in that thing, go ahead and just keep it 
under control. Let you control it. Don't let it control you. If the whole fascination and, and interest is gone, like let it go. Um, if you're like, I don't think I could handle it. I think if I step back into this, I'm going to be consumed by it all over again. Then it's gone forever. Um, and to me, that, but that two-week break, out of 52 weeks a year, and then all the years, two weeks. Like, just stop for two weeks. You'll make it. You'll be okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it would be, so, so the Lord has to dictate that. Mm-hmm. The Lord has to dictate after those two weeks if he can really step back into that or not. And mm-hmm. that's, so, so two words of caution here. Or, or, or I don't know, one word at least. Uh, one, if you step out from that for two weeks and then you go, say you quit running, but then you go pick up video games for two weeks <laughs> and replace that idol with another idol of what we're calling idols, then you're really defeating the purpose. Mm-hmm. It's really to step back and seek the Lord. And yep. say, mm-hmm. I'm going to spend time, Lord, because I want you to search my heart. I want you to to, to reveal to me if, if this is something I just need to cut back or do I need to cut it out yep. completely? And uh, there there are people that just get, you know, that are that are hot or cold, you know, all or nothing, mm-hmm. and and they might have to completely let it go. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's uh, I mean, the answer is the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yep. Clinging mm-hmm. to the Lord. Yeah, right? take the break. Yep. Spend more time with the Lord than normal. If you normally spend 30 minutes, spend 45. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you normally set a timer, don't. Yep. <laughs> like, just... Yep. Uh, and but and there's that like that natural side. Galatians, I think, warns like, you know, just use your mind too. Draw near to the Lord, and then apply reality. It says when you're helping other people, only do it to the point bear other people's burdens, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. And I think at the end of that time with the Lord, there's like, okay, can I step back into this? And you know, I can lie to myself and tell you I will not eat a dozen cookies. <laughs> but in all reality, like, dude, do not leave a plate of cookies out. Like, I'll eat all of them. Um, but there's this, there's this uh, discipline in. I think this is why it's so important to, or I know it is, in my own life, especially like it's it, to to be in the Word, to be disciplined, and make it a a a habit to be in the Word yep. daily and and in prayer with Him because. Uh, because when you're not, <laughs> and and it is too easy to get consumed with other things, yep. and then uh, you're you're, I don't know. the The Lord is very the Lord. You're, you are the Lord's. If you're saved and you're mm-hmm. a child of God, He will He will course correct you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, there's a usually an easier way <laughs> when the Lord <laughs> don't don't make them strong arm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. When you're just spending time with them. And it comes from spending time mm-hmm. with them. And that's how yeah. I think we've all re- been, that's all kind of come to the surface, mm-hmm. just by being with the mm-hmm. Lord. Have you guys ever seen, like, you lay something down or someone does and everyone else thinks they shouldn't? Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. You've seen that before? Yeah. I know <laughs> I can think of a couple people that were probably, you know, grilled, like, no, you, you can keep going. And they just knew in their heart, like, I can't. And that's Gideon's thing, you know, to go back like he was about to tear down an idol, then this wasn't a casual one where like two week break would be fine. Like this, this thing. <laughs> well, this is there were some sin <laughs> yeah. roots on this one, and it was going to make the whole place angry. They gather around the house, they're like, "Gideon, get out here!" You know, they're asking his dad, "Where's your son? We're going to kill him." Um, and luckily, his dad has this moment of clarity. It's pretty cool. 
but there are times where you're going to have to tear something down in your life and just know no one's going to support it because your walk with the Lord is an invisible walk with the Lord. They can't see the conviction and the encouragement that's happening in your own heart. But stick it out. Be true to the Lord. Um, let him say, well done, that good and faithful servant. Fear him more than you fear that's man. Right. Yeah. If you fear him, you won't have to fear man. Exactly. There you go. There you go. Don't fear man, period. That's just right. <laughs> or, or women, just in case you're not sure. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> Any closing thoughts? I don't know. This one's going to come to just a nice little kerplunk ending, I think. Kerplunk. I don't know what that even, <laughs> other than the game. Kerplunk? Like a plop. Just I know. I, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're going to end it, guys. Uh, but seriously, uh, well, don't be paranoid. Don't be paranoid, no. but be real with the Lord. And let the let the Lord do what He does best, which is sanctify and redeem and love. And and on the other side is joy everlasting. I think don't right? be afraid to ask the Lord. Don't be afraid to ask Him to take stock of what in your life could be an idol, because I think that's kind of where they stop too. I'm afraid if He shows me, then these things will be taken away. Probably means you gotta ask Him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. awesome. You want to kerplunk the ending, Joe? No, I mean, man, that's a. Uh, what Lindsay just said just hit me, man. That's that. Don't be afraid to ask the Lord because it, if you're afraid, that's probably something. It's that, not from the Lord. Not He's not giving Lord. you a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. but of Amen. power and of love and of a sound or stable mind. All right, guys. Talk to you on the next one. Yeah. Adios. Yeah.